Hey everyone, what you're about to listen to is actually a live stream AMA that we did on Monday morning. Um, the main goal was to talk about Flash and just to give updates on the UFO model and our outreach to different partners in the space. Um, we also talk about the website and how we can make it better. And I think one of the most interesting parts of the conversation is for about 20 minutes, we talk about liquidity mining for the Flash token. So if you're wondering when liquidity mining, Steve actually from the group jumps on and we debate for a good 20 to 30 minutes about all of the pros and the cons and the obstacles of liquidity mining with the Flash token on Uniswap. So if any of that intrigues you, I hope you enjoy this. This is a very, very long podcast, um, over 90 minutes. So um, yeah, if you did enjoy it, we are just trying to get this uh, podcast up off the ground, but definitely uh, let us know on all the social media channels if you've listened to it and hope you enjoy. Bye. So let's dive right in. So um, I won't be showing my face this big the whole time, but let's, um, hide one of these so the agenda for today's call is we're going to um, just go through the website real quick with um, one small change that we made and um, I just want to first acknowledge that we can definitely make the website better um, one of the catalysts for this is um, there was a youtuber I think it was like crypto Chico or something he got sent the link to flash and you know he was scrolling kind of quickly through it but he had no idea what it was and what we did. So I changed, uh, we changed some of the text on the website and we're always looking for feedback on how to make the website better. But anyways, we're gonna go through that. We're gonna go through some of the flash stats to just kind of get an update on like, how is the protocol doing? Um, so that's the first part. It shouldn't take more than five minutes, but the meat of this video today <clears throat> is gonna be, uh, we're gonna give an update on the UFO or the upfront flash stake offering deck that we've been sharing with startups and give an update on how those conversations are going. And then we're gonna end this by talking about flash liquidity mining. And um, it's been a, a very heavy topic uh, within kind of our Slack group and our core team. So I wanna share some of those as well. Last thing I will say <clears throat> is you can, uh, I'll add in the link here as well, but what I would love if you guys could do is if anybody has the, has the confidence to jump on a screen with me. I just left in the comments there. You guys can jump on a live stream with me, jump on camera, ask questions, and I will be trying to watch the comments as much as possible. So uh, cool, we got lots more people in the group. Stone, Baxter, loud and clear. Stone, I haven't seen you. Maybe Stone, I think you were on the last call, so uh, good to see you around. Um, hear you, bro, good, <laughs> good. Uh, AI, Lion Coin, I've seen you around a lot, so thanks for being here making sure I got everybody cool. So yeah, again, that comment that I just made there, I think you guys can see it. Feel free to jump on live stream with me if you want to. So um, yeah, let's dive right in. So the very first thing I wanted to uh, share with you guys was actually the, the website. <clears throat> so what I'm gonna do real quick is just, um, let me make sure that this is showing. Let me get this big. So the the quick change that you'll see is uh, before this said the time travel of money and I still you know we still really like the concept of the time travel of money and it's still kind of up here in the metadata of the website but <clears throat> you know the number one thing that people really need to wrap their brain around with flash is the upfront instant upfront yield 
And so the moment that we get these words in front of people, they really start to connect, you know, how is that possible? <clears throat> Why are they doing this? And so anyways, this is a slight tweak um, and uh, people can click this and get to the DAP. But then the other thing that I think we need to do a way better job at that we just haven't had the time for is if you ask, if you click here, how it works, you know, it takes you to this video which is me talking for pretty much 21 minutes. And people just, ain't nobody got time for that, right? So we need to um, have a more condensed video on how to actually flash take, <clears throat> not as a technical one. And so maybe we can actually use that awesome video um, from uh, Jonathan from the group who actually makes a, uh, his dog, Hazel, and him go through flash taking. But anyways, yeah, I think we can do a lot to improve the website. So I just wanted to let you guys know <clears throat> we're listening to feedback on how to improve the website. You know, our whole model um, with, with, with all of our tokens that we're launching through Block Zero is to get it out in the world as quickly as possible. And if you do so, um, you will quickly know what fixes need to be made. Does the market like this? Does the market not enjoy this concept? And so the, the basic premise with our token studio is if we throw something in the world and nobody um, has, cares about it at all, we we kind of stop um, putting resources into it. However, um, the market is truly showing and the world is truly showing right now, the world is a little hyperbole there, so don't take that, but at least the DeFi industry is showing a lot of curiosity for Flash. And so with that, we wanna put more resources into, now we can make the website better. Now we can make the user interface better. How can we get to layer two solutions? All of these things are hard to justify the resources of a full dev team, but now that we can just see that the market is truly reacting and is intrigued, we can start to put some more resources in there. So um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, we'd love to do that. So um, I see a few more comments here as well. Um, <clears throat> did you know that Hazel actually coded the whole Flash protocol in just one week, long coding session? Hazel must be nuts. Yeah. Uh, Hazel, Hazel's crazy. If you guys haven't watched that video, um, I think you can type in Hazel and then flash staking on Twitter and you can actually watch that video. It's really well made by a, a citizen of ours. Anyways, um, that's the website. And let's now pull up just to kind of orient ourselves with the update on the flash protocol, what's going on from the protocol level. Um, so the title, total supply is still just under, 17 million. So you guys might have noticed that, you know, the amount of total supply has not increased a lot in the last many days to a week. And why is that? Well, I still think that there's a pretty big misconception around flash tokenomics. Um, some people, whenever they see this FPY, where is it? FPY right here, they think that that means inflation rate. And it does not mean the inflation rate. So I still see people on Reddit and stuff trying to say that this is how much the token is gonna to be inflated on a yearly basis. Just to get clear, what this FPY means is that when somebody stakes, that's the annual percentage of how many new flash tokens are coming into existence. So what that means is for the inflation rate to truly actually equal this, that would mean 100% of the entire Flash, everybody who owns Flash has to be staking it. Everybody has to stake for one entire year. And what it's not taking into consideration is that this number gets lower and lower and lower, all the way to 0%, the more people Flash stake. So I just want to reiterate that, that 
Um, it's going to be really interesting to look back in a year and see what actually was the inflation rate. Um, we've also seen things come into play here like the, um, make sure my video is still up and running. Oh, I'm on the, guys, I'm on the entire wrong website here. My bad. I'm going to, I'm going to change this real quick. Let me know if you guys can see, my bad guys, that was at least five minutes of me talking about flash stats. All right, let me know whenever this comes up. Okay, we can see it now. So just to be clear what I was pointing out, 16, we're just under 17 million total supply. And I was talking about the FPY over here. So um, yeah, one pretty crazy thing that we saw last week was somebody ended up burning $11,000 worth of flash, which is probably now worth like $30,000 worth of flash. So you have to ask yourself, you know, why did this person burn that amount of money? Like what would be the logic? And so some of the assumptions is that people will be more likely to burn if the price is going down. But the reason that this person actually, I, I believe I, I looked at the wallet, the reason they actually burned the flash is so that they could, um, they, they had already made more, they, the price has already gone up so much that even the amount they was burning, they were coming out with a net positive. And they, I believe that they burned tokens to early withdrawal and then they restaked them immediately. So I just want to point out, you know, there is um, obviously inflationary aspects to flash and there will be, but the inflation rate and the FPY are not the same at all. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Also, I just wanted to let you guys know, I'm going to close the tab here, that what this um, app uses for the price is actually internal to the protocol. This has nothing to do with Uniswap. So if you ever check on Uniswap and you ever check this out, if there, there's more than likely probably a discrepancy and that's where arbitrage can come into play. Um, oh, I just noticed this. This is really, really good to see. I was curious. So the volume today is at $200,000 worth of volume. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty crazy. And this is, again, this is within the Flash protocol. This is not on Uniswap. Liquidity is up to, $600,000. And so just to do some quick math here, if the, I just pulled up the wrong thing. If the total liquidity is at 600,000 and let's say that how much is, uh, how much flash right now is staked? 7, 7,800,000 um, times 0.56 plus, plus, I'm almost done, I promise guys. Uh, we have five, we just hit five million dollars in TVL, um, which you know that is a that's an all-time high in terms of total value locked. But uh, I saw a really interesting tweet yesterday from Hayden Adams, who is the founder of creator of Uniswap, who says that total value locked actually probably is not the best metric to utilize for the efficiency of a protocol. Um, but it is still an industry norm that we use total value locked to identify the, some people use it as the confidence they have in a protocol or how secure the protocol is. The more money that's in there, the more people are gonna try to attack it. The more people try to attack it and fail, the more likely that's sustainable. So we're only a month and eight days into this protocol. So I just wanna mention, you know, it's really awesome to see the, uh, the current, uh, the current um, just uh, momentum that we have with the project moving forward. So anyways, I wanted to do a quick update of that. And then the last thing I wanted to show you guys, and by the way, you guys, um, I'm gonna try to do the best I can with these comments. Um, let's see, we love Flash, will truly change what people expect of DeFi projects, I love that. 
Hazel could be Satoshi. That's right, Orange Mango. <laughs> Hazel, Hazel could be Satoshi. Um, Sharpen says, I disagree. I think layer two or a gas token would help you guys take off. Um, I'm not sure what you're disagreeing with, but we definitely believe that layer two would help us uh, agree. So not sure who you're disagreeing with there. Um, I am staking XIO on Uniswap. Awesome. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, XLP is doing awesome on Uniswap, uh, the program that we did. Um, I don't know what this means. Uh, that's good volume. Yeah, that's a really good point, Scott. Like with the amount of volume, we just saw $200,000. That means $200,000 were willing for people were willing to stake while still eating 50 to $200 worth of gas. That's pretty crazy. Uh, total value locked plus volume. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, look at the fees generated in the last. Yeah, how? Let's let's look this up. Well, before I move on too quickly, um, how do I, I? I should know this better. How do I look up the fees that have been generated by liquidity? Does anybody know how to teach me how to use our our own my own website here? How do you look at the fees? You have to go. Oh. Yeah, I don't see the fees. Anybody can help me here. I'm assuming you could still come to here and look up the fees. Um, so yeah, the Flash ETH pool, people in there earn $2,000 in the Flash XIO pool, which is interesting. More fees were generated in the XIO pool. You guys want XIO more than ETH, which is awesome. So yeah, the uh, fees are, are, yeah, just so you guys know, every single time somebody stakes or swaps, your uh, the LPs in these, um, are earning really, really good fees. So maybe if I could just pull up the flash stake that I owe, all you have to do to become an LP is go to pool and type in the token that you want to add liquidity. And so if you want to add it to ETH or XIO, you can do that as well. So anyways, uh, let's go back to what I was going to talk about before. Um, let me hide this. Elon is Satoshi. That would be awesome. Would love some info about the startup funding part of Flash. So, uh, Emil, uh, I believe is how you pronounce your name. We're gonna at the end of the the second thing we're gonna talk about in this live stream. I'm trying to talk as fast as I can to get to it in time. Is going to be about the funding of of startups. Um, it's five. Okay, I think I got through all the comments. I'm trying to go through. So, all right. So let's get to this. I wanted to show you one. It's kind of a hidden part that you can look up some cool stats. So. Um, this is still on XAO.2 website, but you can look up the all unofficial addresses of Flash um, stats daily. So you can look up uh, what the total supply is on every day. So yeah, you can see here, um, we've only gone up a few hundred thousand in the last few days, even with all the activity. Uh, you can look up the average, I guess the average, um, is this the flash per the average holding of flash per address, the medium, the number of holders, which I did not know we had that amount. We started, we started really low, so that's good to see. Number of stakers, um, yeah. So, anyways, the most interesting part to this is actually uh, this graphic here to me. So, what this shows, we are here right now. This shows that 7 million flash, let me make sure I'm on the right screen. Yeah, 7 million flash are currently locked. And what this shows is if you go to December 31st, the end of the year, there will be 
3.8 million flasks that cannot, well, they can be unlocked, but there would be massive burning. So this is really, and then you'll see there's actually 777,000 flash locked up until October 1st of 20, 2022. That's so crazy to see. Um, this is really intriguing. So today somebody staked 450, somebody staked a half a million flash for 15 days today. That's crazy. That's crazy, crazy. Um, so the green, I think, is what happened today. Uh, here's what's happened this week. So if you want to see like recent flash, so today somebody staked 302 flat, uh, flash for 600 days. That's interesting that they came out with a, obviously they wouldn't have done it if the gas was more expensive. So this person, yeah, just really cool stats. All this, by the way, is done by Steve and our group who is amazing with all these visuals. But yeah, go check this out. You can see the total supply in use. I actually don't know what in use means. <laughs> Staked, minted, yeah, really cool stats. So let me get back to the live stream here. Um, let's see, what is the holdup with L2? So yeah, uh, so with layer two, we originally had all of the pieces in place to move forward with Matic. Um, and we did a lot of research and then we, a lot of the industry leaders started to utilize or, or think about utilizing something called uh, optimism, which is a layer two solution. And uh, what we don't want to happen is we build onto Matic. And then once we do that, Matic doesn't communicate with optimism. So what we would hate to do is build onto Matic, take you know a month worth of de development time and resources to do so. You guys would have to migrate all of your tokens. Probably only half the people or less would actually migrate, which would cause this split liquidity between layer one and layer two. And then if optimism was the actual real solution that we needed, we would need you guys to migrate off of Matic and then, opt, and then on to optimism. So all that to say is layer two right now, we're really trying to um, get optimism up and running. They just haven't opened up access to everybody yet. So um, yeah, we're, we're uh, frustrated as well to try to get that up and running. That's just, that's what the logic is for what's up with layer two. Um, yeah, these, these videos will be recorded. Uh, all things crypto, Muhammad here, so you guys can go watch it later. Um, Steve the man, Steve is the man. All right, I'm gonna try, uh, sorry for you guys uh, if I'm not able to come up with all the comments here. So XDAI is a good solution. XDAI, from my understanding, cannot do what we need it to do for layer two. XDAI is really good at the transfers on layer two, but I don't wanna speak out of turn here. The research that we did, it, would not, it was not gonna be able to do the smart contract logic um, that we need. So feel free to correct me, but in our research, um, Oh, you've been using synthetics on optimism. That's really, really cool. I haven't used it yet, but yeah, supposedly it's like 0.3 seconds and nearly free to utilize. It's just mind blowing some of the layer two stuff. So uh, anyways, I'm gonna keep going here. Sorry to, to slow it down. So uh, yeah, that was just an update on the stats. We're already 20 minutes in, so I'll try to keep this going here. So what I'm gonna show now is, make this bigger. So um, what I'm gonna show now is actually the deck that we've been uh, 
showing to various startups. Now, this is a generic deck, but we also have a custom deck that we will put into startups. And so for those of you who are like, what is a UFO? What are we even talking about right now? Well, what we talked about, I think it was like three, two or three weeks ago now, was something called an upfront flash stake offering. And the basic premise is it is a risk mitigated um, crowdfunding mechanism for startups to be able to use the flash protocol and how it basically, we originally presented it to you guys is anybody could stake flash and then the yield that is generated goes to the startup. Um, instead of going to the liquidity providers in the pool, it would actually go to the startup. And then the startup would then in return um, direct some of their altcoins to you guys, the stakers. And so uh, maybe I can pull up a graphic that will better. Yeah, so this is an ICO on the left between alts and ETH. And this is a UFO on the right. And what we talked about, I actually see some notes over here that we've been playing around with. But the basic premise is we thought that this was an interesting idea. And now we needed to actually test the theory on like are startups interested in this UFO model? Um, what can we learn? What are our takeaways? Will this actually help a startup? And so we originally started reaching out. I brought on two people to pretty much do this around the clock. David and Mark have been awesome. And now Anthony's getting more involved on the outreach team. Prior to this time, we had no outreach um, team at all. We had no like it's pretty crazy, but we have no business development person. Everything that we've ever had is coming internal. So anyways, we now have a two to three person team that's reaching out to projects. And the number one goal that we wanted, we, we were originally just gonna like plaster this deck all over the DeFi space. But then what we realized is we would rather build like some really good tight knit relationships with like three or four DeFi projects that we really, really like rather than you know getting a bunch of like i don't want to say low quality but just like startups that we don't really care about as much want to do this because it does take a little manual effort on our end all that to say is we've had three meetings now and how we went into these meetings is truly just like exploratory and learning about does this actually solve a problem that you have and does this ufo model so if you guys are like wondering like where are the partnerships it's really just been a, a learning curve over the last few weeks on how to do this and so the one one of my biggest takeaways from this these partnership meetings and outreach is that the funding side is actually not the important thing that these startups care about at least not the ones that we talk to so you know if, if we were to have a successful flash stake, a, Uf, a UFO, and they earned $100,000 of flash, well, there's a few things that doesn't really help them. A lot of the startups we reach out to, for better or for worse, actually already have a good amount of funding, like millions of dollars of funding that they're, they're okay with. Um, but two, even if they didn't have the funding, whenever we were reaching out, the flash token was not that liquid, meaning um, could they even utilize it to grow their projects. That would be, that was another discussion. It's looking better now on Uniswap, there's more liquidity going on. So yeah, all of that being said, with the UFO model, um, uh, that was our takeaway. So, so what is the value proposition of Flash? And what we learned, you guys listening to this, we have 51 people right now listening on this live stream. 
your eyeballs, your awareness, your quality discussions is actually the biggest value proposition that we've noticed from these startups. They want to get in front of you. They want your awareness. They want your feedback. They want your attention on their projects. And so learning that the funding model is really probably valuable for like very, very early stage startups, but not the startups that we were talking to. We started to like figuring out, I see somebody in the group, by the way, you just joined. Sorry, Steve, I gotta mute you because I'm actually gonna hear myself echo. You guys are probably knowing, asking what the heck I'm asking, I'm talking about, but we do have a, a link, uh, I think it's pinned. If you guys wanna jump on a live stream with me, you can come into a waiting room with me. I, th I think Steve just joined. Steve, I still, I don't see your camera up, but you guys can come on live stream with me as well if you want. Anyways, what was I talking about? You guys need to remind me. Um, yeah, so the, the whole past few weeks has just been like, okay, how can we adjust this UFO model to fit the needs of the of the startups? Steve, your camera's working, so you're good to go. So anyways, um, yeah, so it was a big learning experience. I do think still think the UFO model is really helpful for very early stage startups, but in particular, um, for what we, this deck that I'm about to show you guys now, was made for startups that have funding already, but they need some other help. So this is the deck. Imagine you are a, um, I'm actually gonna make this bigger. So imagine you are a uh, startup receiving this deck. The first thing we wanted to do is like, what is Flash to begin with? It's hard to understand what a UFO is if they don't even know what Flash is. So it talks about Flash. Um, it talks about the volume that we received. Okay, so here's kind of the, the money shot on the on like explaining to somebody why a startup would want to do this. On the left, the startup would offer five thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars of their native token into the liquidity pool on FlashStake.io. Now this is different than what we've talked about in the last deck, and I'll explain in a second why we went with this instead of the the funding model. But so what happens is. A startup, let's call them startup, uh, startup Steve, which you're top of mind, Steve. So startup named Steve wants to join. Well, all the startup Steve has to do to participate in this UFO is add liquidity to the Flash protocol. And now keep in mind, because our protocol is permissionless, Steve pretty much contains or retains ownership of his liquidity at all point in time. All point in time. So it would just be like adding liquidity onto Uniswap. So that's what the startup offers. Now, what does the startup get? So this is the one that we just wanted to bolster. We wanted to get as much value as we can to the startup. So what can we offer a value? Well, one, you can be listed as a default token on flashstake.io. This was a really good idea by David in the group of like, on our DAP, because there's so much attention on the DAP and users, it's prime real estate to be listed as a primary or a default token. So we could list these people there. Um, the, on the funding part, so while these people are not receiving Flash directly, here's what's really cool. They are actually retaining 100% of the LP fees that they accumulate. So what this means, and I'll, and I'll show some math in a second, they can still make a good amount of money through doing this, but instead of getting direct Flash, <clears throat> they're earning money off of being an LP on the DAP. So that's one example. The third thing that we realize is we have a really nice media asset being around the block. So a video podcast with uh, Leah Thompson or somebody like myself to lead the interview is really valuable for these startups to get to their exposure. 
um, is shared across all of the Block Zero Labs and um, Flash Stick social channels. So from Telegram, Telegram, Twitter, you know, Reddit, all of that, we have a lot of um, social assets. And then the last thing, we have a over 5,000 citizens that at any point in time we can email or text. And so if you're imagining a startup and be like, whoa, I add in some tokens to this flash staking protocol, I can remove them and I still retain ownership and I'm gonna get all of these other things. That's why these conversations were going so well because it seems kind of like a no brainer. Once you get beyond that kind of educational curve of like uh, understanding what we're even talking about, um, it's a, it's a really powerful to see something like this. So anyways, I'm going to keep going here. So we talked a little about, okay, who are the people behind flash? We needed to kind of add some legitimacy here to block zero labs, uh, the total value we created, the citizens, all that jazz, keep going here, who we are. So some of the awesome faces behind the project into what we're building. Um, the two on the right here, Mark and David, these are the ones that have been doing the outreach primarily, by the way. Um, okay, so number one that the startup gets is listed as a default token, which you can see what that would look like here. Currently, it's XAO, ETH, Wi-Fi, Link, and DAI. Retain LP fees. So here's some math for you guys that like math out there. <clears throat> if there's $10,000 worth of volume, the LP rewards will be somewhere around uh, $500. If you can see, we multiplied this by 10, by 10, by 10. The point is, you can see that this could be very lucrative for a why a startup would add liquidity, that the more volume that comes through their specific uh, portal or whatever you want, their pool, they can earn a lot of fees. Uh, interview on around the block. So this has been awesome. We've had Stani from Ave. Uh, we've had Nick from ENS, and we've had Paul from Savalier. So really cool. And then we also, haven't really announced this yet, but we are also going to have um, Robert Leshner, who's the founder of Compound, and Fernando, the founder of Balancer, are both coming on around the block. Um, so really cool guests coming up. Uh, shared across all of our social networks and an email text blast to all of the people. So uh, this is also a video, if you guys haven't watched it already, the inspiration behind the flash, why ICOs failed, how UFO is different than that, and then it ends with block zero. So anyways, I went through that really quickly, but that's basically the UFO deck that we've gone through and why we made the decision to um, change. So another reason that we changed the UFO uh, tokenomics a little is that the model that we were originally presenting um, like two or three weeks ago, it would need some extra smart contract development. Not that we don't have the resource, resources to do that, but um, we, it would slow us down a little and we just wanted to get to market as quickly as possible. So <clears throat> I'm gonna take a, a breather here uh, and, and I'm actually gonna, Steve, all right, Steve, give me a thumbs up if you're willing to come on camera here for a second, um, cause I need to actually take a break and get some, <laughs> take a drink here. So give me one second, I'll, I'll bring up Steve here. I'm gonna hide this, I'm gonna show this and then I'm gonna bring unmute. And then Mr. Steve, you there? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, bud. Um, so you actually don't have the blurred background. I'm not sure if you did that just for this, uh, just for this interview. But <laughs> thanks for being here, bud. Is it cold in your yeah. house? You got a jacket and everything. 
Yeah, the temperatures I think are going to hit zero this week, which is this never happens here. So all the fruit yeah. trees I planted are about to die. Yeah, not, not sure about that. <laughs> during during our meeting this morning, you were like, "Is this supposed to get like in the in the tens where you are next week?" And I'm like, "No, there's no way that's happening here in Austin, Texas." And I looked, and sure enough, it gets down to like ten degrees next week, which is pretty crazy. Crazy, <laughs> but anyways, just for context on everybody, Steve is I think you're the most the longest running person that we brought into the block zero network. So Steve is the person who created XAO.2 um, pretty much on your own passion and your own intrigue. You're like, I'm really good with numbers. I think I can help people visualize it. You pretty much created the ether scan of XAO.2. Um, and yeah. now you've done all these cool flash stats here. So I just wanted to give a little introduction to you and, and now you're doing so much more than that. But I was going through those flash stats before, did you want to talk anything about XAO.2 or did you did you have anything specifically you wanted to talk about? I did have some numbers pulled up for liquidity mining that might come come about later. I can speak to the uh, XAO.2 here real quick. Let me get that pulled up. Do you so, have the ability to share your screen or do I need to do it on my end? Uh, let me check. I think I can. Oh, you can. This is a cool new software that we got. All right, I'm going to show it to you. Are, are you ready? Hold on a second. Let me get the. Uh, All right, I'm gonna hide it. The windows pull up here. We're doing this live, guys. Be easy. Anthony says, "Hope Steve, hope you peeled from your black lung." <laughs> I've got the black lung, Dad. Zoolander. <laughs> um, right, this, so. this is a good chance that I'll be going through the comments. People keep asking them to essentially invest more in Uniswap. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Sorry, there's some there's some comments that I'm sure are relevant, but I'm just trying to having a hard time. Ollie says liquidity incentives shouldn't be a priority, but at the same time they shouldn't be neglected, since otherwise the audience will go faster than liquidity can support. So yeah, Ollie, after this um, this little run through of the UFO, we're gonna 100% talk about liquidity uh, mining. And Steve, I'd love to have you part of this because we've gone back and forth for like two weeks now. And like, I think you and I have both convinced and like, oh, we don't need any liquidity. I'm like, oh, we need all the liquidity. So uh, I bet people would enjoy hearing those debates. But um, just before I do that, somebody said, what's the software? So this is called B.Live. I think it's B.E.Live. And um, it's pretty cool. Um, you can do comments like this and a bunch of other stuff. So it's working out well as well. The last comment I'll read and then I'll push it to you, Steve. Looking forward to the day we are flash taking for physical good. Win Tesla. Maybe flash. Yeah. So I think you've always been wanting to flash take a, a boat or something, <laughs> Steve, on your end. Yeah. That's that's actually on the agenda. I think uh, we might be flash taking a car here pretty soon. <laughs> um, so that bring so let's uh That'll be really interesting. To, let's. I think the the car is kind of a fun fun analogy of like, oh, we're gonna actually flash take a car. But I think it brings up the good, the better discussion about liquidity and like you can't actually do that without like liquidity. And so we'll get about liquidity mining and the split liquidity later. But now, do you want me to show what you brought up here? I can. Oh uh, yeah, you can show that screen. All right, I'll show this. Uh, it's gonna be. All right, let's see if we can make it big. All right, so what I'm going to actually do. Uh, I guess what you're going to do is leave the conversation. Well, well what I have to yeah. do to get off screen is um, is leave the conversation. So I'm going to leave.
and then I'll be able to still hear you in the waiting room. So okay. it'll be you in the screen. I'm going to make the screen big. But anyways, anytime you want me to jump in, I'll be happy to help. Okay. Yeah. Two minutes. So uh, to talk about the flash reports a little more in depth on here, to me, some of the cool, cool metrics to see is over here on the right, we can see kind of ins and out of people that have total addresses that either do or don't as of that day compared to the previous day still have flash tokens, which to me kind of gives a neat metric of how many are coming in and coming out, kind of the ebbs and the flows. And uh, this metric here showing snapshot yesterday, this is actually as of midnight. So in four hours, we'll see the ninth will come up and show up on here in about four hours because it's UTC midnight. So this doesn't actually include a lot of the traffic and volume we've had in, in the last 24 hours that we're seeing on stats.flashstick since this is daily snapshots. So I bet we're going to see some real neat, interesting numbers come up on this here in a few hours. Um, another cool thing to me is kind of the, uh, you know, you got the, the holders and stakers overlap. The reason for the total addresses or at least flash is this kind of gives you an indication of um, how many addresses, how many people actually have flash right now. This, this actually does include the stakers. So if you stake all of your flash, you're still in this metric. So, you know, this, this kind of shows some overlap where if you add the holders and stakers together right now, I think that's like 1,840. So we have about 110 people or so that are actually have overlap that are both holders and stakers right now. Um, to me, one of the cool charts on here is what Dash uh, mentioned here a minute ago about the in use is the pooled and the UNIV2 and staked. So to me, this is kind of a metric of if I'm comparing the in use to the total supply, which is the two largest numbers, the green and the red. So if we're comparing the in use to the total supply visually, that to me, that gives a really huge indication of half the flash are not in use right now, just subtracting in use from total supply, which is a much bigger gap than I would have guessed if I was being asked on the street, well, how much would you guess there to be? I would have thought it'd be 90%, not 50. So to me, that's a really neat metric to see. And, and some recent stats I've been on here that some of you might be aware of is the um, burned. So we can actually see on a daily basis the total that have actually been uh, burned. And just in the last week or two, it's insane to see how fast this has escalated. And I, and, and I don't know if some of you knew this, but you can actually click around here to get rid of the bigger numbers to get a much better visualization on the uh, lower amounts and to be able to see how many that have expired to me is also fascinating that, you know, how much, how, how many people haven't hurried up and restaked it. So this number has slowly gone up. Um, another metric that was added just this week, uh, the match and foundation, for example, aren't exactly the same, although they correlated once the set matching was done around the seventh. So there's about a three day window between the foundation doing a set matching to it actually kicking it kicking off and being officially applied in the smart contract. So that's why as about this date, they start to correlate together and slowly increase over time. Um, so the foundation is the actual wallet amount, whereas the match is the total over time. So if the foundation decides to use some, like with the liquidity money we're gonna be talking about here pretty soon, um, if the foundation decided to move some flash into a liquidity mining contract, if that was a decision, you'll see this foundation metric actually go down. Whereas the matched over time is just going to track lifetime total matched uh, to, to help give some indication of 
looking at um, matched and minted, uh, if you combine these, these are actually our inflation metric. Um, there isn't an inflation bar on, you know, maybe we should create another thing on here that just says inflation, because that's the only two parts that actually matter as far as how many tokens have been created out of thin air to allow the protocol to work the way it's supposed to. Um, and one more thing, so you guys understand how this chart works, is, is if I look at today, this is one day's worth. This week is six days worth because it doesn't show you today's. There's not duplicate data on, on here. So what we'll see over time as because the maximum duration of total days whenever you're staking actually increases over time with how the FPY math works, that's why we're seeing whenever the protocol first went live on January 1st, the maximum time you could stake was, I think, right around a year. And over the course of a week, it went all the way up to about 550 days. Whereas what we're seeing more recently is, is the duration is getting a little longer, a little longer because the protocol is being used more. That's that's the point. So I, I haven't crunched numbers and I don't know what the maximum duration could be, Dash. I don't know if that's something that you've uh, talked about with Ben behind the scenes or anything, but I would guess this, this total duration we might see slowly increase indefinitely. I'm not sure if this can have a maximum cap. Well, it, it's interesting you say that all of these, we thought we thought about everything going into this, like what would happen, how it would play, but we're still like learning. And I think that's what's so cool. And so like, just to be clear on like the max duration and how it currently works is how the max duration, if you guys ever go to the DAP and you try to stake one flash for as long as it can go, what it's actually gonna do is make it to where you, no matter what, cannot mint more than half a flash or 50% of that. So what that means, the, the extra number that we need to calculate that is the FPY. So what? So pretty much the reason that people are able to stake longer and longer is because the FPY has gone down and down and down. If the FPY is to go up and up again, then actually the max then the max duration would come back down. Just to kind of hit on your point, like on on everything that you're showing here, um, and actually I'm gonna. I'm gonna hide this and so it's just me and you hanging out real quick. But one thing that I think is so interesting is you did all of this data and it's kind of like you don't really know where you're going until you know where you've been. And so being able to like truly all look at this together and analyze, is that what we intended this to do? Do we want that to happen? And then how we can eventually learn from this to get into the, um, into like liquidity mining, we now actually have data to figure out, do we need liquidity mining? How much do we need? All that type of stuff. But anyways, I think you did a really good job of presenting that. One of my biggest takeaways there is whenever you were on the minted flash portion, how it really is kind of curving off, right? It's, it's yeah. pretty. And so I think this is the one thing that it frustrates me at times for people that think that the FPY is the inflation rate, but Right now, pretty much half of all flash in existence is locked. So that means only that amount of tokens could in theory be flashed. And so I think just reiterating home, flash is not minted just to be minted. It's only minted when tokens are locked up. And I think once people connect those dots, um, it's really, really helpful. So feel free to respond to any of that. I'm gonna look at these comments and then we'll get into some liquidity mining stuff as well. I'm looking forward to flash taking Christmas gifts in 2021. Great job on all of the metrics. This is above and beyond from Goalie. Goalie is uh, 
been more active in the group, and uh, it's a high compliment from goalie. Um, flash take eternity. So, yeah, so um, was there anything else on the XIO.2 or anything at all that you want to talk about, or do you, you want to, like, just, like, I wasn't even thinking that you were going to jump on, but I think it, I think it makes the liquidity mining discussion so much better so that people can see how much thought we've tried to put into this. You know what I mean? I, I do have some math. I thought we might share to kind of show something else we've done so far to figure out how we, to give us some insight on how to approach this. All right. So I think it's just going to be way small unless I get out of here. Um, so I'll, uh, so what, what is the math that is, is showing right now? So I crunched some numbers to figure out um, looking at the total liquidity riders in the Flash protocol as far as pools like the XIO Flash pool, the XIO pool, all the pools. So I took, you know, taking every address and how much Flash they have in every pool every day and then comparing those same addresses, all the other addresses that have Flash Ethereum and the Uniswap. So pool flash is strictly in the flash protocol. And then, so the blue columns is what is, is strictly talking about pooled flash. It has nothing to do with Uniswap. Then taking a look at qualified flash, which is we were brainstorming, you know, what if we, and this is something that I think Goli, maybe I think it was Goli who brought this up as a, in the social forum saying, what if we made it where um, you can only get liquidity uh, mining flash earned if you're in both. Well, then we thought, well, if you're in both, yeah, great. But what if we made it where it's the minimum that's in both? So if you have 100,000 flash and you swap and 50,000 flash and the flash protocol, the 50,000 is lower amount. So that's what we would go with is that 50,000 is what would qualify that day. Well, what we found is there's a very teeny tiny amount that is qualified. So that's kind of option one. Option one is how many are in the actual flash protocol if it's just flat out mining, liquidity mining based on um, the pool. And then option two is the qualified yeah. flash of, um, yeah. you know, who's in both locations yeah. if we want to encourage more. It, yeah. So, and and I, want to, I want to get really in depth in there. And I think you did a good job of starting it. I would actually think that we should take a step. So like, just to give context to what Steve's even talking about right now is um, liquidity mining for the, the uh, I think the original goal was how do we increase, I'm just trying to set the stage here before we get into the micro details of it. Um, before we even, you know, move forward, do we need liquidity of flash is the major conversation. And so um, whenever we first launched flash, we took 50 ETH of our own ETH from uh, Steve, you actually provided some and then some other team members as well, and put that into the Flash, into actually Uniswap. So we took ETH, we took Flash, put it into Uniswap, and that was just to provide like a way for people to actually attain tokens and to interact with it. And so, you know, with, with XIO, in a contrast, has tons of liquidity, which is good and bad. So I think the one thing I want to drive through in this conversation, we can talk about how we can do all the liquidity mining, but I think the better conversation I want to have with people is like, why do we want liquidity? What is it good for? What's the goal? And so there's this assumption always that more liquidity is, is better. Um, there's a really good article called The Delusion of Liquidity, um, which I encourage everybody to go read by a company named Teller. But the point is, 
I think we always need to reverse engineer what are we trying to achieve with Flash? And then what can go into that? So one of the immediate, I think, obvious cons of liquidity mining is that <clears throat> when new Flash tokens, those Flash tokens have to come from somewhere that people are getting rewarded for. And so obviously, the more tokens that are coming into circulation, the more tokens that will inflate and just be circulating, which you know can have some downward effects. So anyways, the point being, like that's an obvious one. Whenever Uniswap did their liquidity mining, when they launched, they did a 60 uh, day program, I think you remember, and they got tons of liquidity, which was great. But then I think you remember all those, all those, mi all those liquidity miners, they just kept like dumping them in like maybe even buying, I don't know, they just kind of like added liquidity. And then as soon as the Uniswap Uni token liquidity mining program ended, it went down and they pretty much like, so it's like, it was a short term solution to add some initial liquidity. And then after they stopped doing it, they lost it all. So the goal with what we're trying to figure out, what is a long-term solution that can help us achieve the goals of Flash? And so that's part one of understanding the conversation at hand. Now, the second thing I want to kind of uh, get across is that um, there's something called split liquidity, where if we were to add liquidity mining to Uniswap, it seems like a no-brainer, but as Steve was just alluding to, that money has to come from somewhere. So are people gonna leave the Flash protocol, which is what we built so much time, energy, and effort getting liquidity on there, to come and then leave the protocol to go over to Uniswap to get better rates? And so what you don't wanna happen is see this exodus of liquidity from the Flash protocol that now people can't even flash stake. And it's like, I flash stake and there's no ETH in the protocol to even be able to do. So that was the other realization for us is like, okay, we want to have people on to be able to do things on Uniswap, but we don't want to overpower it. So all that being said, the, 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 the next thing to think about is if, in case, let's just say we had tons and tons of liquidity on to Uniswap. Well, currently the Flash protocol itself already offers a solution to attain Flash. So why that's in why that's important is that we actually don't need Uniswap to get Flash into the hands of people in an efficient manner. We don't need that. Where Uniswap becomes important and the biggest argument that I think people make for Uniswap is I keep seeing this and I don't always agree with it, but they say that like big people or big players, whatever, will not want to participate in this protocol because there's low liquidity. But I, I think the last few days are showing that there's kind of this snowball effect of liquidity to where in both directions, um, it, it can really help or hurt. It, it adds extra volatility, the less liquidity. But all that to say, the one thing I really like about how we don't have all of this massive liquidity on Uniswap is it really makes people think, do I want to get this Flash or not? And if our main goal with Flash is that people take Flash, lock it in, and redirect that yield or do something with it, then do we want to be hedging our motivations and our incentives to that. And so I just wanted to kind of set the stage, Steve, for uh, I feel like you and I, we could dive right into the solutions and what we've been talking about. 
uh, for this, but but yeah, based on everything I just said, at a macro level, I know that you're very like number based, uh, and to see if we can actually jump around with this, but like, does that summarize the conversations with with Yearn on on Slack? Am I missing any part of the story on like why this has been such a heavily debated topic and the pros and the cons? I think part of what keeps lighting a fire about us approaching this is there's a lot of uh, discussion that keeps coming about it on the social forums. It's what the community wants. Or, or, or that it keeps getting brought up as a suggestion, as an idea of, can we do this? Should we do this? Yeah. So, so, so sorry to interrupt. Was that, that's, uh, that's such a good point. And I hope we get to the conversation, the point where me, you and I can interrupt. And it's like not you and I on a relationship basis where you know that I'll interrupt it. But I think that you just made such a good point that a bigger thing within this is what the community wants versus like what the community needs. And I'm not saying that this is, this is not just with the liquidity mining, but there's been a lot of things that come up where if you went with the general consensus of everything with block zero, I don't think we would be where we are. People would not have voted for. So sometimes it is about making that decision with the community with insights that we have, because you and I think about this every single day from every single angle. And I know that everybody in the community are very, very deep thinkers. And I think that a lot of them we brought into the Slack channel, like Harry and like all things and Muhammad and, and you know, all these people that are getting more involved. But that being said, I just wanted to mention on that other point that's really hard for us and an obstacle is like, when do you just do what the community says versus like, do you take our own personal insights that we have as the quote unquote creators into account that can protect. So, okay, sorry to interrupt you, Let shooting, shooting it back to you. I mean, that, that kind of goes to where, where my thoughts are at too. Um, I think it was Barden who mentioned it in Slack here a day or two ago. And and, and let me step back a second. My, my initial approach to this was how can we do it? Not can we do it, not should we do it? <laughs> So that's where I, you and I are definitely a good balance. I'm like, wait, 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 yeah. let's, let's like, let's, is this a good idea? What are the implications? So anyways, yeah, I agree. Right, right. So, so from the other pieces of the conversation of people being like, well, should we do it? Or how should we do it? Then it keeps making me shift. Well, then how could we basically I'm getting to the point of I've had from our conversations, multiple people I'm getting convinced about it's not, it's a short-term solution, but we're trying to find something that's long-term. And to me, long-term is, is optimal. So Barden made a really good suggestion that uh, I'm kind of leaning towards as a really, really good option three, which is um, the flash competition. Let's do it again. Let's do it on mainnet. It would help increase awareness. It would help increase volume. It'd be a good reason to use flash tokens as another option. Um, where if, if we're is that related to liquidity mining or something different? This is not. This is what I'm getting at is if we have a limited supply of flash tokens and we're trying to determine what's the best use of them, liquidity mining may not be the best yeah. use case. Yeah, and, well I, and I want to hit on that because I forgot to give that in my prelude. We don't have infinite flash tokens to be able to utilize for flash. So the the whole thing we haven't even talked about yet is how much tokens do we actually able to be put into liquidity mining? And so people are like, oh yeah, do it. Well, so so everyone knows the, the foundation or the created wallet that, that launched Flash started with zero Flash. And for the first three days of the protocol's existence, it earned zero Flash. The only way that the 
foundation. And I cannot keep putting it around that because it's really just like us council members that are managing this is that the only way that we get tokens is when people stake. And so the point that that's so important is like, if you're going to come up with a liquidity mining pool, it can't just be a three month thing or it could be, but then you're going to be in the same situation in three months from now and trying to reinvent the wheel. And so sorry to interrupt, but I think that's another point that people need to know that we don't have the ability. We actually don't have a big budget. So we need to, it's not just, should we do liquidity mining to get to your point? It's should we do liquidity mining or is there a better use case of these tokens? Is it a marketing campaign? Is it, uh, is it in the index fund, which we've talked about all the different alternative ways? Is it better than, I guess getting back to the option three, um, imagine, okay, I'm a liquidity provider. I have some in the Exile Flash. So you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> so if, you know, would I be better off just looking at pure greed? If I'm a citizen, would I be better off uh, with a liquidity mining program, knowing how much that we have available, that not all of what's in the foundation or all of what's matches would even go to that. We have other things we already know we need to use it for, like potentially for some of the UFO uh discussions have been going on. So there's multiple reasons, there's multiple things pulling at wanting flash tokens for good reasons. We, we have a, you know, we have a subset of a subset that we could even use for liquidity mining. So getting back to the option three, for example, would it be better to have um, an option where we do just pure liquidity mining that everyone else does like Uniswap where it's based on how much is in the pool when you're earning it per block. And, you know, that's what people know. And, You'd be, you know, if I have 10% in there, then I'd probably get 10% of the rewards as the, as far as the math is concerned. Or if that same amount was used for promotion and marketing and another flash competition, another reason to get the word out and look what happened today with the volume and the fees, would that be better for our liquidity providers to earn more from the fees that way than it would have been just slowly giving them over time? Plus then we have more people using it. Well, what would that do to the flash price? I mean, it's this cyclical compounding effect that everything benefits on, you know, as a, as the type of marketing push, as opposed to slowly feeding the people that are already in it. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have more people join or improve the rewards of just the people that are already there? Is, is, is this trade-off? Yeah, it's a good point. And I think you just, I just blanked here, but you thought of another thing that we haven't even, um, uh, another reason to use the flash tokens. What was it that I, I didn't mention? We would need to, oh yeah, for the UFOs. So to incentivize yeah. startups to partner with us, they might be needing you a, a flash token. And so like you just said, that's another that's another trade-off. And so now I think would be a good time to get to more of the micro stuff that I think you're really good at. So let's, uh, there's a few ways that we've played around with doing this to where, let's just say um, either we put in a hundred thousand all, hundred thousand flash into this liquidity mining program. The questions come up, um, how long do you want that to go to be earned? Um, the What is the ratio that you, you get? So uh, this is to where we've talked about um, the original, I think we both kind of put to the side, the original idea was just to out- offer liquidity mining on Uniswap. Are we kind of in consensus in the group, do you think, that there need to be for somebody to liquidity mine, they need to be liquidity on both protocols. What do you think? I, th- I think not just internally, but also listening to community feedback, it's kind of in parallel. We're, we're getting the same sentiment in both locations that we probably would want to reward both locations. 
However, there's also some really strong points that have been made about why we should only incentivize the flash protocol, not even incentivize Uniswap. Mm -hmm. uh, one or the other. You, you know that I'm kind of extreme in that in that idea. I'll put it this way: the flash protocol can live without Uniswap, but the Uniswap, the Flash cannot succeed without liquidity in the Flash protocol. It's like obvious. That's pretty a logical, logical statement. <laughs> um, but to counter what I just said, <laughs> to eat my own words, um, <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that everybody understands as well that FlashStake.io is actually not the direct Flash protocol, but it's actually a separate smart contract that is built on top of the protocol. Now, why is that important? Well, the reason it's important is that even if flashstake.io were to disappear and no longer have this, we called it V3 internally, right? Um, the UFO model of funding protocol, funding startups could actually still succeed if there was liquidity on Uniswap. So what I mean by that is if we truly went all in on funding startups, what's more important for the funding startups is actually liquidity on Uniswap. Because uh, unless unless we get enough liquidity on, on Flash to where the startup is incentivized to stake their Flash, which is great. So I just wanted to point out to, to, so that people understand that the Flash protocol itself is not FlashStake.io, but FlashStake.io is an app that we built on top of the Flash protocol. And what we can do is build other apps with different purposes on different. So I saw I say all that to say, I think I'm I, I counteracted my own argument, but I still believe that if we made only liquidity mining on the Flash protocol, I think we would see an increase of liquidity. I think more people would be able to um, to lock stake uh, stake tokens and get more tokens at better rates for longer term. So what? So the let's play devil's advocate to me here. If we said absolutely no incentives on Uniswap, what do you think, outside of the initial negative reaction from the community who reads a headline, what would you think that the technical tokenomic downsides to that would be? Two things, I gotta get this out of my head. Go for it. On the, on the Fox protocol, people can swap. So if there's nothing in the Uniswap, Let's say that there's, you know, not just the arbitrage opportunities, but the way to get Flash is not just Uniswap. So, you know, if there's a Flash XIO pool and I go buy the XIO and there's a whole lot of liquidity for XIO or what Yiffy or whatever else. Yiffy. Why if I however you pronounce it, your, you know, there's other ways to get Flash than just the the Uniswap pool, the the Flash ETH. So if I'm a whale and I want to buy a whole lot of Flash. There's other avenues, such as buying a whole lot of XIO or whatever whatever other pools that we have that have a large amount in, it, in yeah. that protocol. So, yeah. but the, the downside, just so we're on the same page, is the opposite is not true. The opposite of going from Flash to altcoin is not currently possible in our protocol without Flash taking. Yeah, which acquiring was, it's easy. Yeah, selling it then becomes a little bit of a more yeah. Of a hassle. Which which again goes to the point of like I like that people have to think about. They have to use it for the intended purpose. It's more financially incentivized for them to flash stake it than to sell it. And I think that that is the purpose of flash. So like whenever we talk about it's only it's kind of a unidirectional 
Uniswap where you can only go one way with it and not the other, that was intentional. And the reason that that was intentional is if you ever see, like right now, if the if the price of Flash were to be cut in half, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that or prom promoting that. If it were, the interest rates get a lot higher. Why is that? Well, here's kind of this beautiful part of Flash that I don't think a lot of people recognize. The only way to get altcoins out of the Flash, so right now, there, um, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of altcoins in there, maybe a few hundred, whatever it is. The only way to get the ETH out of there, the YFI, the link, is to stake your Flash. Um, now, that's not saying a liquidity person can't remove their liquidity, they can do that. But the reason it's so intriguing to me is it creates these massive imbalances within the protocol. And actually what's good with Flash, imbalances are actually good because that means there's an action that needs to be taken to bring it back to balance. And actions within the Flash protocol means liquidity provider fees are generated. So what I, just, I, I say all that to say, what I love about our protocol is that if we get a bunch of altcoins in there, those altcoins are in there for quite some time and, it's in it, and you need Flash pretty much to get them out of there. Um, I'm not sure if you had any thoughts, but I wanted to play Barden's message. Uh, I think he's alluding to what I was just saying before about making sure that uh, the Flash protocol can succeed without Uniswap, but not the. But we don't need we need liquidity in Flash more than we need it in Uniswap. So he says, what you're saying, Dash, is that Flash DApp requires LP in the DApp, but the Flash protocol in itself doesn't require liquidity in any specific place. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it, Steve. Don't you think where we have the ability to, even if there was no liquidity on the DAP or any liquidity on Uniswap, people could still be minting Flash. And that's a that's a correct statement. Now, yes. there wouldn't be a lot of utility after that, but and that's why we built Plastic.io to give it that liquidity. But, um, okay, so uh, Steve, if you have uh, any more thoughts, I think as well, I'm going to uh, ask the community, this would be a really good time for you guys to ask questions about anything, even if it hasn't been about liquidity, but to summarize, we I don't even like calling it a summarize, but we're, we're an hour into this and uh, I'm sure people have been watching this for quite some time, but where we are with liquidity mining, Steve, would you agree that we are going to come to some proposal this week to present it to the community for voting? Yeah, I, I think we've exhausted at this point exploring options. So I think it's time to make a decision, yeah. Yeah, so, so everybody else knows we'll present it usually on, at least on the forum through an XAO feedback. And then what I've learned, what we've learned is what's best is to give that two or three days to marinate and then create a, um, a snapshot page where you can actually vote with the tokens where people have time to synthesize it and analyze it as well. So, um, yeah, so, so what would your, what, uh, as I'm reading these questions here, I would love for you to say, what would you propose if you, I'm putting you on the spot, what would you propose if you had to propose today? Oh man, I'm, I'm torn. Um, <laughs> the least amount of effort for the team and the biggest bang for the buck, I, I'm kind of leaning towards option three because... Say that one more time for me. Re clarify what option, option three is. Three, no liquidity mining. I, I think at that... All. Um, at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, that would be one, like it would be an unpopular decision, but I see the merits 
of the logic behind it. I'm not, sure. uh, I'm not just dancing the jig saying, oh my God, we should do option three. I, I'm just, that's, if I had to choose right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards it. I can see the benefits. And the main but, reason if I had to summarize your position is so that we have the tokens to do alternative things with, um, and it reduces inflation. And is that, is that a summary of what you feel? Um, I would say that it's an indirect reward to liquidity providers. Uh, you're still getting rewarded. We're going to increase volume and increase fees by doing option three. Okay. You're still, so, you're, so you, so you're pitching it as in, instead of inflating your token and diluting all the tokens with your LPs, we're going to instead try to do things that generate more liquidity fees, and you don't even have to be diluted. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good pitch. Timestamp that, Anthony. Let's make that a let's make that a micro content there. <laughs> Um, so I see lots of comments here. Um, let's. I'm going to try to remember what these what these are about. Until you roll synthetics into the protocol, as long as they have much lower APY, like starting at five percent, then everyone wins. Um, I think I was missing some previous comments to know the context of that. Love all the honest hard work. Easily the most undervalued project. Any thoughts on merging synthetics and flash? So first, Seth, I wanted to say um, thanks for appreciating kind of this. I think Steve, like we have so many amazing conversations and it's disappointing that I know people already know we care about what we're building and we're playing around, but I really think if the community could be a fly on the wall to all these conversations, it would like, like, it's just fun. It's just fun to talk about crypto. And I know Steve, you live it more than anybody. Like you think about it at 2 AM at night, but I really want to get more content up like this where people can dislike listen in. If they disagree, they can call us idiots and like, that's fine. And then like, but at least it shows people that we weren't just like, ah, oh, we'll get to it later. It's like showing why there is a slowdown along the way. Um, so any thoughts on merging Zenthetics and Flash? So yeah, just for context with everybody, Zenthetics is what we presented. We kind of hinted at, teased at a few, like a month ago. Um, that pretty much allows people to stake any asset instead of just flash. So in the current protocol, you have to stake flash. Zenthetics, um, you could stake USDC or DAI. And the main reason for Zenthetics is uh, some people simply do not want to be um, positioned in a volatile asset while they're staking, and that's 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 fair. Um, so we have we originally discussed launching synthetics as its own brand but i think the consensus is now to bring synthetic almost as just like an upgrade to flash and kind of like ethereum you know they have like istanbul and berlin and all of these like upgrades thinking of synthetic is almost just like a uh something else that people can do within the protocol um and how that works so uh thoughts on merging them now they will not from the current blockchain perspective, smart contracts, they will not be literally tokenized merge, but they will be from a front end user inter interface, they will be merged conceptually. So I'll keep going. Barton says the protocol itself enables so many things. We could even be doing what they're doing in Kenya and swap SMS credit minutes, but instead of trading, flash taking for a via SMS for credits. Yeah, there's so many things that this kind of opens the door at. Uh, would it be possible to reverse flash take mechanism where any ERC can be utilized and given yield back taking from the alt pools, but at a lower, 
Yeah, that's pretty much, I think what you're describing, Seth, is that's pretty much what Zenthetics, a reverse flash take where any ERC token can be utilized and given back, taking, I think you're describing Zenthetics. I could be reading that wrong, Steve. Uh, the only other way I can it is the back end would sell the token for flash and use the flash to flash take kind of as an extra hop, maybe. Uh, gotcha. Um, how did you determine the maximum lockup for staking? So I uh, don't know how to pronounce your name, sorry. How do you, do you know how to pronounce that, Steve? Oh, wow. I have never seen that name before. That's a really cool looking name. <laughs> I'll just say it's super American. Joao. 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 <laughs> um, so what I did meant, so what you have to do is know that no matter what, how long somebody stakes, they cannot mint more than half the amount of tokens that they stake. So what this means is if you take 100 um, flash, the math that you need to do is figuring out how long would it take you to mint um, to mint uh, 50 flash. And so the easy way to do it is if, if it's 50% FPY, if the FPY is 50%, it'd be a year. It's pretty easy. If the FPY is 25%, it's two years. And so if it's uh, what would be three? I can't do that. 18% or something like that. If it's 18%, it'd be three years. So that was, that can, maybe we can draw a graph that helps people see that. Um, but that's how I personally calculated it in my head. Uh, Anthony said, love everyone still watching could comment on this video after with their favorite timestamp moment. Yeah. So this would please, please, please. If you're still watching right now, what would be so amazing? I think let's make this an XAO feedback thing. Let's do it. Cause this is really important. Um, so if you're still watching it right now, if you, after the video is over, find your favorite part that you found intriguing. And the reason is not everybody has time to watch a 73 minute video. That's completely understandable. So what we need to do is package this video up into micro content. Anthony is going to help with that here. And all he needs your help with is to rewatch the video, find a part that you found intriguing or Oh, uh, funny or in anything, and then timestamp it, and then add in just one, two, or three sentences on the maybe just two, two sentences at the most on why you found it interesting. Leave your XID, and we'll include this on the XAO feedback initiative. So, yeah, Steve, make sure to tell Yaren that this is a feedback so we don't forget. So, yeah, after the video, go rewatch it and timestamp, please. Um, the more we you more we put the protocol to UFOs, the more important the protocol becomes, and less important the flash DAP becomes. I theorize. theorize. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. I think. Um, I would suggest offer liquidity mining up to Aquafy release, then after higher offer higher Aqua to flash LPs. So I think Mohammed here is like saying have liquidity mining and then try to try to bootstrap or Lego Aqua to offer flash. That could be another way to do it. Uh, could we maybe as an option 3.1 add the foundations flash partly to the index fund? So that's currently what we're doing now, Barden, is what we're talking about is adding in a portion of this. Um, now what you might be referring to that we've talked about as well is always putting a proportion of the FPY match to the liquidity. So what this means is like, say every 100 flash we get, 10 of those tokens go to liquidity mining. I think the the problem that we came to, Steve, was with that was it was such a low amount 
that it was just not really going to move the needle much on how much flash we've seen it flash is really starting to to go down in terms of how many new tokens are coming into existence and with the fpy going i just don't know if that's sustainable currently rob just got in hey rob aquify can sustain liquidity for flash without needing to give out flash rewards mm. so the big thing with aqua to keep in mind is uh the rewards are paid out per fee generation not for how much liquidity that you have. So yeah, maybe you can amplify. I do think that Aquify will help all of our projects though, Steve, like every project we have, we could in theory increase the interest rates on our block zero projects, which would be great. Hi guys, I like uh, you, your t-shirt. I'm a little late, just taking a live now. Yeah, I got the block zero, we're rocking it today. Um, Steve, I gotta make sure the team gets all their shirts. I'm still slacking on that. Uh, Portuguese. Okay, so I think we went through all of the questions. We're 76 minutes in. I think I'd like to just uh, end by like letting the community know something about you that maybe they did. So Steve, you you came on while you had a full-time job, you were doing uh, Block Zero, but um, that is no longer the case. Is, is that you wanna have, uh, uh, tell the tell the community how you're kind of coming on uh, full time. As of um, a week ago, let's see, this is Monday. So yep, last Monday was my first full time job at XIO. That this is now my my baby. <laughs> yeah. The re the reason I wanted to bring it up is just to show people the path that anybody can take in Block Zero, add value, get connected, add value get compensated a little, add value, get compensated a little more. And then like, and now, you know, we, I would, I would assume that you would, you wouldn't have made that adjustment if you weren't enjoying this more than your previous job. Not, now I know that you enjoyed your previous job as well, but the point is we have this ability within block zero that I love to bring on people that, um, that take the initiative to do that. So lots of cool. That's so awesome, Steve. Congrats. Congrats, Steve. All the congrats. Thanks, Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. This is this is uh, you know the number crunch and the charts, the helping figure out the math and numbers. I love this. Stuff. This is just this is the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any last topics at all? I, I I could talk about blocks here all day. And actually, crazy enough, I don't have any calls. Um, the rest of my day, I usually have calls. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about at all? It could be it could be even not flash related. Aqua Block Zero, anything. How to NFT a real physical item? Uh, it's, if anybody knows, I would love to see that in the XL feedback. We've been looking around. And whoa, 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 whoa! We got to talk about this. You're saying, <laughs> okay, I, I got to figure out. So, the, by definition, an NFT is digital. Yeah. Okay. Let's say I would NFT this water bottle. Yeah. What does that I wanna, mean? <laughs> real something real. I want to be able to show on the blockchain. I flash date this, and I and then I have proof that this is how I tangibly acquired this so, item. Whether it's the the only thing I can think of. So I think um I think you know do you know what Unisocks are? SOCKS. So, yeah, but and actually, like Uniswap in the early days was showing how they could sell a product that the value of the socks went up and down in real time. So when Uniswap launched a long time ago, they created these socks just for fun. 
And I think the socks are going for like hundreds and thousands of dollars now. But the point yeah. is, I think that they're redeemable. I could be wrong for like real socks. So the point is, the only way that I could see you connecting this with an NFT is if there's a human that is accepting that NFT as payment for this. I can't see any other way that you're going to have. There's going to be human trust elements involved, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. I mean, I know VeChain's doing things with QR codes to track traceability, and I know that I've heard of people on Ethereum selling a house for millions of dollars and, and swapping crypto for it. But as far as using an NFT, I'm like, um, so what, what? What? Why would that be better than if we were to create a system that? Okay, here's here's a potential solution. You flash stake. It generates flash. That flash gets somehow swapped for a U.S. dollar, and then you can show the purchase that the U.S. dollar got you a Tesla or something. Would that be? That, that's cool. But I mean, do you I need an NFT? Well, let's let's okay. Let's let's use NFT digital art as the example, just to kind of demonstrate the thought process here. Well, if I flash staked for an NFT, almost kind of like the flash me idea, what you, we could see in one transaction hash would be this address flash take this amount um, called this specific flash take protocol function and it created um, and it swaps for let's say Ethereum or USDC. Well, now we have the output. The input was the flash take and duration and the output is what did I get? Well, with what I got, what if we could also in that same transaction hash take it a step further to swap that USDC or Ethereum for an NFT? Now in one transaction, we've seen the entire from start to finish. So someone flash take something for a real item. To me, that would just be the coolest thing. I'm just yeah, trying yeah. To I, I think <laughs> I think what you're saying is already possible, but doing it like that would add in a this extra level of marketing. I think what would be so cool is well, I think step one, what we need to do, Steve, is find websites that accept crypto, like ETH or, or USDC, I think coin payments. And then we could actually flash take, I think I think a pizza, even if it's a small a pizza thing, <laughs> is the moment that like, whoa, they, they kept their tokens, they got a pizza. And I think it's just the story that you're talking, the, the story mo mode right, right. of what this would make people thinking about. It makes it a real world example of like, okay, I got some extra tokens. And so, yeah, I think we need to figuring out NFTs can easily be swapped. So I flash staked a, a crypto kitty. Like, yeah, what is going to be that mainstream thing right. that uh, is it a crypto punk? Like, you know, what is that story? I think that would be really good. Well, the pizza's not worth it if there's not pineapple on it. So. Yeah, with, with <laughs> Tesla, that was that's so crazy, man. $1.5 billion um, acquiring. So, anyways, if there is ever a chance to get a car company through a crypto, it's going to be a Tesla. We might have to talk to them about that. <laughs> Later, Mad Mike Bradley. Haven't seen Mad Mike's username here before. Pizza would be awesome. Yeah, I think we got to figure out a way to do flash take a pizza. We got to figure it out. NFT is the future of blockchain. You need eBay, Amazon, something, something, and crypto should exist already. Yes. Tom, Thomas. Thomas, what's, what is OLX? I don't know what that is. Thomas, can you clarify what OLX is? Does Amazon accept crypto? I don't know. But th there's tons of uh, actually not even accepting crypto, but there's a website out there, isn't it? Um, 
crap, I can't think of it. But actually the company doesn't even know they're accepting crypto. It goes into this, uh, oh, it goes, yeah, yeah, goes yeah. to them and they convert it for US dollars and they take the risk of making sure that it's liquid. There's some company out there that does it. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of what they're, what they're called off the top of my head. Partner with an account and ask them to accept flash taking for NFT for their services. That would be cool. I paid for my taxes. <laughs> I should actually do that. I have an accountant that would be cool if I paid them. Uh, <laughs> if I flash take my taxes. You could control and make secure transactions. Yeah, one thing I'm really interested in is like, what are the implications of this on transfer? So like, I never spent any money. I didn't, I didn't buy it. Like, how are you going to show this on like, let's say you made a business act, business, you bought a, a table or something for use for businesses. Like, how are you going to show that on the books? Like, I spent no money <laughs> and <laughs> I got this. I get the tax write off. Nothing. I don't know how that would look. Yeah, everything in the crypto land is real fuzzy, especially United States taxes. It's, it's it seems like everywhere, everyone every time I hear someone talking about taxes, it sounds like it's easier everywhere else, but in the United States. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, any other quirky, weird things you wanted to talk about, or there's so many stuff in, uh -huh. the, in the group going on. Finally, John went and created that that board of all the things that were the idea board of like things we need to get to. I guess, I guess where I'm like at right now is just like scalability. We have all these ideas, have all these smart people. Um, and we have the talent way. Just, I feel like what we just need more people. And I, I think what I'm obsessed with, like what, you know, this, but like, how do we create truly frictionless ecosystem where anybody with an idea in the motivation can actually get the resources, the capital, the community, the connections to, to scale it. That, I think that's how we scale with, with block zero specifically, not even just flash, but like, so anyways, I think you and I are at this point now, like we, we've got 18 people now. We could, even if we doubled the amount of people, I don't think that we would triple the amount of projects that we can create, <laughs> you know? So we're at, we're at this human game now to where you talked a lot about internal versus external. Like I really feel like we need to start to like, just make, yeah, just create that path for people to create things, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, you're in the middle of a downtown city and it's our huge crypto community and there's this building and there's this little teeny tiny revolving door where we can only fit so many people through at once. And we gotta figure out how to widen that to the, to the width of the entire building if we possibly can, yeah. how to get to that point. Well, one thing that just to, just so I can talk about this, the only people that are staying on this live stream, 31 of them this far in, um, I trust in the, uh, the the motivations and the intrigue on, on what I'm about to say. But, you know, I've been taking a lot of time to reevaluate the whole incubator model that we originally got so many people passionate about the Y Combinator of the decentralized world. And at the time that we launched that, the reason that we stopped moving forward with that was the scalability it ended up being the same issue as like, we didn't have the human resources to push it forward. Um, to, with, to, it was literally me and Austin at the time. If you can imagine, we have 18 people now. It was literally me and Austin doing that at the time. But the more I look into that, it was, I think the one thing that can't be discounted was the demand for that solution. 
Now, we didn't create the solution as intended, but we had 75 startups from all over the world. It's, it's hard enough to get 75 people to sign up to your newsletter, let alone <laughs> 75 entrepreneurs in the crypto industry to fill out a big, long application. That's, that shows that there is a huge demand for this. And so the reason I like to reevaluate this is our thesis was not wrong, but I think the solution that we provided was simply I think the reason the, what we got wrong at that point in time was we were trying to take the Y Combinator model and fit it to the decentralized world when in fact the decentralized world needs its own thing. It has its own DAOs and governance and, and different ways to vote. Like it has these advantages that the centralized world. So we were trying to do Y Combinator in crypto. And when instead we should have created a decentralized version that gives the benefits of Y Combinator, which is growth and capital and advisory and all that type of stuff. So a bit of a passion ramble there, but I've been really just thinking a lot about the incubator model, you know? Yeah, that's, that's definitely your wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, Martin was in the last stream, real world assets, NFTs has trust issues. Who will make sure that the token value stays linked? Yeah, it, it's it's. I don't I don't think that there's a way to. The closest I could see doing it is like, remember back in the day when a supply supply chain is still a big thing, but there's some people that were going to attach a product to somehow verifiably prove it's like real, um, and not. Uh, they were doing this with like certain bags and so they were somehow using blockchain to make sure that when by the product you got in the store was like the real one. If that was somehow linked to the blockchain and you could NFT, but beyond that, I can't see NFTs connected to the physical world. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like you're describing VeChain traceability, where they yeah, it was VeChain. It was VeChain. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. All right, well, uh, hour and a half in. Let's uh, let's jump off here. Thanks for being the one who was able to jump on. I have to force the other team members <laughs> to do it eventually. But thanks everybody for listening. As a reminder, oh, go. What was that? I said, I had fun, let's do it again. Yeah, for sure. As a reminder, make sure you go and timestamp your, your uh, takeaway you found from the video that you think that we should cut up and share with the world. I uh, appreciate it. My voice is going out, so I'll see you guys later. Bye. See you guys later.